If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. You good? Is Let's see. Good, big Josh boy? Uh, levels look good. Um, okay. okay, okay. My face isn't doing that crazy thing. Well, it's not really my face. It's my camera. But. Yeah, and it's it's even weirder because you'll like turn it off and it'll still jitter still, a little bit. It'll still do it. And you're like, I yeah. literally, and then I have to turn it back on and then back off for it to be yeah. like, ah, yes, that's what you wanted. And I'm like, yeah. It's like, hold up. When you turned off the autofocus, it, you meant that? <laughs> like, it's like, listen, I know what's what? best. You don't yeah. want to turn me off. Come on. Now. Trust me. On Trust me. I know. I know for a fact that you want to focus on that wall more than you want to focus on your own face. Yeah. I know be, what you want. It's definitely, it's pulling like Donkey Kong's fucking face back there. It's like, yeah. Is that- it's, it's that one like gold cartridge. It's just like, that is obviously what needs to be what in needs, focus. Yeah, bro. dude. Donkey Kong's fucking spitting facts back there. And we need to put the spotlight on him. Yeah, it's like all about color theory. It's like we got all these dark, like these darker, more somber colors in the in the fore in the yeah in the foreground. He's like in the yep. background, we have this really vibrant color, so we have to focus on it. That's what we it's need. True. And you're just like, no. That's yeah. that's what it's all about. Ooh, we're going dark. Yeah, I get it. Now we're going regular. It. Oh, does your ring light have like adjustable settings? Yeah, yeah. Just, so like, I've got it? I've got clicky. This is the highest, which I think it 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 washes it out too much. It like makes me a little white. Yeah, that's nothing, which nothing looks pretty good, actually, to be honest. Yeah, it doesn't look bad. But the, the reason why it's bad is because then if I go to like a dark, like a, like a steam, like steam page, yeah, like a steam yeah. page, it's like, it's like, like, ah, yeah, it's I'm like gone. every time I go to a steam page, it's just like I'm disappearing. Yeah. So I like to keep it on a little bit so that like, yeah. And now you have like no fucking lights. So you're just going to go straight up darkness. Yeah, I mean, I'm planning on buying those key lights, but yeah, currently I'm just going from the lights in these miscellaneous Google Docs I have opened up. That's why I so, always try to keep the Google Doc open is because it's like, yeah, it's pure white. I have like, the two screens and I have like, I've got Discord up here, yeah. then a Google Doc, a Google Doc, a Google Doc, OBS. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Google Docs are basically key lights. That's what yeah. they, that's what they yeah. are. That's what it's meant for. Like most people write papers, or I guess a few people write papers. And on occasion, I'll yeah, write I don't papers, know about most people. <laughs> and then everybody else just use them as key lights, you know? It's just everybody. everybody. That's, the, that's, the, that's the industry secrets. <laughs> so, Big Josh Boy, of course, before we start the show, like to get a little chowder out. Like to mm, talk to you a little about chowder? our lives. How you doing? Yeah. Do, have you ever watched that show, Chowder? Chowder? That's some good shit right there. Uh, chowder. Yeah, no, it's like I a was Cartoon thinking, Network. Yeah, I was thinking of Flapjack. Uh, no, I've never watched Chowder. It's like vaguely similar to Flapjack. I think they came I mean, out honestly, around the same time, too. Like, that's why yeah. I always confuse the two. Yeah, they have like very similar art styles as well. I honestly yeah. can't remember a lot of either of them. There were, which is weird because they were so odd and you would think memorable as a kid. Right, right. And now I'm just like, 
Nah, dude, but I remember that one episode of Teen Titans where fucking Titans Robin has to like fight a fight against a bunch of different teen heroes in a battle. Like it's awesome. It was like a tournament. So cool. Like you remember the shit that like people think for some reason wasn't memorable, but then Chowder and Flapjack is just like, nah, you can go fuck yourself. I feel yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's other people who would argue and be like, no, I know yeah, everything about it. But like, I feel like for me, Chowder and Flapjack were right at that time where I like stopped caring about like the Cartoon Network shows, and I was just like, Meh, and kind of just dipped out around then. So for me, like, I never, I like, I had a buddy who loved Flapjack and was like, it's so good, you got to watch it. And I remember watching it. I was like, this is okay. Yeah, it is. It is a little weird. Like, I I don't know. There were all those like cartoons as a kid that I really loved, like Codenames Kid Next Door. Like that. That's yeah, some good yeah. shit. Fucking uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Frankie, she's the waifu. Um, yeah, there was just like a lot of different ones that I I I don't I can't Did you ever... say I vividly remember them, but I can't remember like 90 percent of my childhood. So. so you're yeah, you're a little younger. So were you ever like really into like Dexter's Lab and Johnny Bravo? Because that was the like the I generation before was... that. Yeah, I watched them when I was really young and on occasion I'd catch them on Boomerang. But like they're on by Boomerang the time now. That... Oh, man, I think that seems so. Yeah. Weird. Um, but now like I I. I vaguely remember when I was a kid, like catching maybe a few episodes. Yeah, because those were but, like my jam. Those shows yeah, not so good, not dude. really. And then there was like Dexter Dexter's mom. And I was like, Dexter's mom got that that thick thick booty, snack, dude. She's like a Pixar mom. You're like, what's yes. up? Yes, <laughs> yeah, she was the, the original uh, Pixar mom. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> everyone thought that Pixar was the first person to do the dump truck moms, but it was actually Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Like also the. Uh, the secretary in powerpuff girls oh yeah 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 that's Come a good on. one Come dude on. i went on a weird trip the other day where uh i was watching a million youtube videos of just literally cartoon network endings like their their credits for all different <laughs> kinds of shows because there's this one specific audio clip that they used to put and i couldn't find it for the life of me and it's like uh, the way that i attribute it is it's like a bowling ball falling down a set of stairs and then also into like living rooms and like random other objects are falling at the same time and it's like and like it makes this weird yeah of just sounds of like crazy sounds and then it'll be like cartoon cartoon and i vividly like i was like i know this exact sounds because a buddy of mine brought it up because we were playing minecraft dungeons and if you scroll through your items list it does that noise it's like like a bunch of random like nonsense noises over and over again so he was like oh doesn't this sound like that and i spent literally like two hours just watching end credits of random cartoons from cartoon network of all different types of generations to be like where is this fucking noise clip i could not find it for the life of me. Isn't I was that so, so fun when you like you're like i plan on having a very productive day you spend 90 percent of your day fucking searching for some nostalgia fix you're like honestly it's just to keep my brain from I itching was, anymore oh my god i spent so long to the point where they were like josh are you coming like what are you doing and i was like ah just give me a second i gotta find this i was like so i was so stuck into it i was like i need to validate Oh my god, you're like chasing the fucking dragon. You're like just yeah. shooting for that next fix. <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah, that I've I've definitely had that happen before though. 
Yeah. yeah. When when you like so desperately need to know what something is because like and I really mean it it's like that itching at the back of your brain where you're just like what yeah. the fuck I'm was like, that? I was like I know and the fact that he brought it up and we both like how could we both just manifest that into existence without it being a real thing? So I was like I know this is a thing. It's got to well, be somewhere. Wasn't it the mandala effect? Like there are things you vividly remember as a child that are actually either non-existent or yeah. are complete or like vaguely different like the berenstein versus yeah, berenstein bears yeah yeah that's a, a fucking stupid but that's a real I, thing I really, but this is not this is fucking i not. know this is real i swear to god <laughs> did you find it no but it's real i swear <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that's what everybody says dude well that's the thing is like i and i love hearing like people's uh crazy like outs uh, just extra dimensional theories about why this exists yeah, that like oh so yeah at one point in time two timelines crossed, crossed and this is what happened and it's just so weird dude i love it though i love it yeah. people being weird is just so much fun it's so fantastic <laughs> hello and welcome to indie pod and indie games podcast your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know this week we're actually bringing you two awesome indie game news stories before of course we hop in to new stuff god bless the crowd answer your listener questions and and that's that's it and that's it Sorry. and then we will leave yeah yeah, yeah just, that's all you get that, from that's us. all the fun stuff at least but before what we boring do stuff that, are we doing i mean do you want to just list out like middle? every name that we can think of uh well we do have the annapurna like interactive showcase so maybe that'll be oh, like we a could fun just, one to just yeah, yeah we'll sink just, into the mud a little bit yeah just, yeah Let's okay. just list right. everything. Right. Sounds good. It'll be great. Yeah, it'll be like a sensory deprivation chamber where they I put you it. in like salt water and shit. It'll just be everybody stuck in just purgatory. Just that's indie pod. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's uh, when people talk about like haptic feedback with the the dual sense and everything it's like one day i want you to be able to wear this suit that looks like a morph suit but it has all these nodes on it and you plug into our podcast and it, it allows you to feel the sensations of the podcast and it's just nothing but it's not like a nothing where you just it's not working it's a nothing where like everything just disappears and life is meaningless like that is what this is this is nihilism at its best Ugh. Love it so much. Uh, I got to introduce myself, Vaughn Hyde, alongside my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average, Josh Boys. How you doing today, Josh Boy? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm glad to be back. It was kind of yeah. weird. I was like, man, I haven't done this in so long. I, I almost like when we first kind of like logged in, I was like, eh, what if I just take another week? You know, what if I just <laughs> make yeah. you do another solo episode. No, but I can't do that. I got, I got we got things to talk about. There's some good games, you know, I'm glad to be back. I mean, I did talk for 45 minutes. I know. Dude. I was. Holy I listened, shit. I rarely listen to IndiePod because I hate listening to myself, but I listened to that episode because I was like, all right, I got to see what happened. I talked to you about this uh, when we did video game trivia, which, by the way, everyone should watch that because it was a great yeah. uh, time that we had with Jacob McCourt. But uh, in the, you know, the, the green screen room, I'll call it, uh, we were talking about that listener question where it was like, what do you think of Josh? And I think it's so funny. And for the people who listened and who were like, wow, he really likes Josh. A lot of the shit that he was saying was just like basic ass. Like he just <laughs> shows up like literally it was not like, oh, he's he's fun to hang out with or like he's got a good sense of humor. It was just like Josh just he he has things to say. He's on time. And I was like, 
great. That's what I'm known for. Just being there. See, I like how, okay, you're not the first person to take umbrage with what I said in that episode. And I, I find it very <laughs> like, interesting look. because I said, like, you were S tier. And then Chris came at me on Go Beyond for saying that you were S tier and assuming that he was B tier, which I found hilarious. And it's just like, bro, you, you would be so surprised how hard it is to find somebody who is like ready and willing to record a podcast and gels uh, well yeah. with you. Like, it's, it's, very hard and i've been very lucky to find the people i have specifically you big josh boy oh you're so sweet you're so sweet run on the mouth one day maybe one day maybe maybe (laughs) how was your vacation did you enjoy it it was great i i saw that one picture where you're all super sweaty sweaty. super sweaty dude (laughs) i was i think i was wearing the shirt too um but i i got uh we got bikes, we rented bikes, and we were traveling through this place called the Biltmore. It's literally, I, I attribute it to like, it's Disney, but just a big mansion. It's just like a big house. Just like, it's not a good Disney. It's like a, like, that's cool. It's, it's a cool place. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, they have like a lot of little things where they're like, we have a petting zoo. And it's like a ton of chickens and like two goats. And you're like, is this really a petting zoo? Well, just like a couple of animals just sitting in a cage. Like, I don't know that that's what it is. And then they're like, here's our winery. And it's like, okay, cool. And they're like, here's a couple of wines. And you're like, okay, so you do a lot of things, but it's like <laughs> little bite-sized versions of everything. And I was like, okay, that's cool, whatever. But anyway, so so we we ended up getting bikes and we, we uh, traveled throughout the estate. And where you rent the bikes is literally five miles away from the actual big house. And we had like a, a, a time to go to that house to like to tour around in it. And so we were like, oh, we'll pick up the bikes, we'll rent them, we'll ride all the way to the house and then we'll ride back. And we're like, it'll be fine, it'll be fun. And, uh, and this guy, when we said that we were doing that, he's like, you know, it's like five miles. And I was like, five miles isn't a lot. And it's not, it's not if you're biking. It's like it's really, no, it's really not. Like if, if you're biking, it's fine. What they didn't talk about though, is that like three of those miles, three or so miles of that is, is flat, flat land, which is totally easy to bike. And then the rest I of it. I thought you were going to say that was uphill. I was like. The, the rest of it is uphill. <laughs> So halfway through, we're like dying. And there was a point where my wife, literally, she was like, I cannot do this. And she just got off the bike and she was just started walking with the bike. because She's like, I can't ride this. And so like, so then I'm, you know, I don't want to leave her. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll walk with you. Cause I'm not going to be an asshole and just fucking ride away. Um, and you so just ditch your wife. You're like, yeah, Peace out. I'll, I'll, I'll meet you there. <laughs> during the down during the downhill part when we came back though i did ditch her because i was like this is fun and you don't want to do it because it's scary i'm fucking going downhill this giant mountain and it was yeah. so fun i almost ate shit on it too because there was a part where like the back tire that i, I was riding on just like kind of flung out and i was like whoa and like fucking almost dipped it was good though i had a lot of fun um, like i almost died no big deal though. no big deal no big cool. deal um but like we were walking with those bikes and Everyone's everyone's a fucking asshole, dude. All these fucking old people who are riding downhill, mind you. They did. I know uh-huh. they didn't ride uphill. They're riding downhill. They're like, oh, look at you taking your bike for a walk. <laughs> Such a good joke. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here, old man. This lady tore her ACL. She can't fucking ride up a goddamn mountain. Like, leave her alone. So stupid. Dude, I love our different approaches to that. Like me being that kind of just feral you, human being, you I'd be would like, do that. I'd take a fucking branch and like shove it in their spokes. <laughs> this old fucking person tumbles down a mountain. I'd be like, oh, weird. You're rolling your bike. That's so odd. Oh, man. <laughs> Can't believe you paid to do that. No, that's such a dick move, though. It was. To be it like, really oh, was. you're taking your bike for a walk. Yeah. Okay. 
anyway, big, big long tangent. We did a whole bunch of other yeah. stuff, but that was like the the main thing. There was a lot of eating and drinking. We went <laughs> river rafting as well, which was super fun. And now I kind of want to go on like an even crazier one, mm-hmm. but I'll have to find one because Florida is not a great place for that. But uh, we'll see. You're telling me that the swamplands filled with prehistoric creatures. A lot of it- not a great place no, to, to I go want, in an inflatable raft. I okay, it is for like for flatlands, like kayaking kind of thing. But I want like rapids, like going down. Like we yeah. did uh, some of like a uh, level two and three, and they were uh, which are very beginner type uh, like waves. But there were parts where it was like these little these crazy like bumps out of nowhere, and I was like going down. I was like that was so much fun. And then it would be like paddling straight in like flat area for 30 minutes and i'd be like this is not what i wanted <laughs> it was just it was about I by the this end, idea of you being like that was so much fun and then looking back and floor's just gone <laughs> dude she <laughs> yeah there was a part she got she started doing it and uh, yeah. after a little bit she was like i cannot do this and she got out she was like i'm not going she's like fuck this oh my like, gosh yeah she had she did not like she enjoyed it for like the 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 straight like the flat levels but when it started getting too like uh like rapidsy she was like no i'm done and she like just left and so i was like All i right. just imagine those old people would be like oh yeah taking nice your kayak walk for your walk. Walk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fuck you dude the same the same people just these motherfuckers and no. somehow they're rowing back up the river and you're just like, <laughs> you're like what, what and they're just doing? like oh little bitch fucking walking that boat I don't know. It was honestly, though, I'm glad she did because she dipped uh, pretty early into it. And then I spent two hours like kayaking, like going down. And by the end of it, I was like, whoo, I'm beat. Like, I was like, this is tiring. Yeah. Do you make her carry you? You're like, drag me back to the hotel. Yeah. (laughs) No, they had because normally in in those things, those boats, they'll have like four or five people that are all in it. And like an instructor or a guide who's like rowing you and like guiding you but in this one it was like everyone was in their individual thing so eventually she was just like i'm fucking out and they had like a guy every couple of like uh like miles that would be in like a car that we all rode in that would kind of like just be like checkpoints to make sure we're okay and so she was like i'm just getting in the fucking car (laughs) oh that's super cool i mean that's really nice you're like hey just in case i i got a little bit of it now i'm done yeah yeah because she was she was like uh I, I got my fill. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not into the rest of it, but but I had a lot of fun. So fuck it. Anyway, I've talked way too much. Uh, that was a big rant about how I'm doing. Nah, dude. But I'm glad to hear your experiences. And like you said, everybody should check out uh, just a real brief bit of housekeeping before we get into the meat and potatoes of the housekeeping not even the episode itself Mm. please do check out that video game trivia episode that we did with jacob mccord we got that indie pod special we make history we made history oh so good (laughs) so good i love the fact that it was just like literally all of us we all went all or nothing and had the exact same wrong answer. the exact (laughs) answer it was perfect dude it was so perfect and honestly you would have beat me like if we didn't do all or nothing, you would have beat me unless like we had done some weird kind of point value, whatever. But yeah. like you would have won. Um, but that being said, uh, I think it was the exact way it should have ended. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great. Like at, 
that's how we roll is just going down with the ship. And I'm glad to know that there are people that were actually like in our audience that, that may be listening to this episode that tuned in for the video game yeah. trivia. And they were like, <clears throat> I think it was Captain Bang. And I think, yeah, Bang uh, was there. I think Sam as well said that like they were watching along and actually got some of the, the trivia like answers correct, no. which I, I really loved. Of course, there were like so many like retro questions. I was like, yeah. There was a lot, yeah, and there was a lot from like the PlayStation side that I just I don't have a lot of knowledge on. So I was yeah. like, like when you got the Uncharted thing, like I kind of knew what it was, but you were like so quick on it. I was like, oh, I hope we don't have more of those. I did. And then I fucking shit on you at that racing game thing. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Actually, technically, if I didn't if I didn't put any points into that one, I would have won. You see? Because oh, I would have been okay. a, I would have been three over, but I had to go all or nothing. So ah, I had to, yeah, I had to that's put, very true. Yeah, so you know that's what? very true. Uh, so the rest of our housekeeping, of course, please check out the Little Night Games LLC developer interview going live on the fourth of August. They are talking about their game Mira: The Legend of the Jins. We mm-hmm. actually spoke about this game in God Bless the Crowd a couple of weeks ago. If you enjoyed what we talked about and you did end up checking it out, which is always the fun part of that segment, listen to this developer interview. You may get more insights on the game, what it's like to be a Kickstarter dev, and so much more. So once again, just each and every Wednesday, Big Josh Boy. He works hard on these interviews and they go live. Like I said, every Wednesday, it's a nice little bit of supplemental content. It's a fun stuff. Uh, please head over to Teespring for the IndiePod store where you can check out so many things, including, uh, you know, the two things that we do have, which would be t-shirts and stickers. Eventually more things, but I'm not even, I'm not even going to try to put a date on it. When, I'm gonna be like, when am I getting dude, my hoodie? I want my hoodie. Of, We'll we'll make some hoodie. I'll make some. I'll just throw that shit on there. We'll make a hoodie. We'll make a hoodie. Give me my hoodie. Uh, Head over to YouTube. Just type in IndiePod. You can find us over there. You could watch these episodes. You can watch Josh's reviews and uh, maybe some extra content. I've been thinking about maybe doing some uh, some different lists and stuff like that. Very mm. get into gaming or clammy games or I guess technically I think they're called best indie games now. So yeah. be sure yeah, to subscribe to like us. That. Yeah. That'd be yeah. Fun. Be sure to subscribe to us over on YouTube, just at IndiePod. Please leave us reviews on any site in which you can do so. Specifically, iTunes helps us out a bunch. And lastly, thank you so much to all of our amazing patrons. If you give us any amount of money, we very much appreciate you. But, of course, I have to say thank you to all the $3 tier and higher. Ethan, a gamer for fun. John, just John. You know what's funny? Before we go into the full patrons, I talked to John the other day. And he thought it was so funny that we do just John. He was like, I don't care. I was like, I just wanted to make sure. He's like, yeah, no, I, I don't care about it. He's like, I think it's funny. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Mixomatosis, AK Mix, Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Rich, the one better of Australia, Chris Penrod, Gobia, and uh, Josh Nichols, AKA Active Josh, and Sam Fillion from Canada. Thank you all so much. You're all so amazing. Time to get into what we've been playing. Let's do it. Josh Boy, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this game. You are playing Death's Door by Acid Nerve. Of course, if you listened to last week's solo episode, I went in to uh, my deep thoughts on Death's Door. So I do. I want to hear what you think about the game. Yeah. So um, I I won't go too long into this because honestly, I think you did a really good job of explaining everything about Death's Door and kind of... Your opinions match a lot of how I felt with playing this game. I'll say that this is probably going to be one of my contenders for game of the year. Really? I think so. I think that I've and I've heard people use this kind of analogy, but 
Um, I very much agree with it. This game does nothing that's, uh, you know, stepping outside of of like that that creativity or that that, you know, it doesn't innovate in any way where it's like, wow, I've never seen this yeah. before, right? But what it does, it does really well. I think the combat is super fluid. I think it gives just enough context of like the world and and lore if you want to dig deeper or if you don't. Like I think it, it does really well about giving you enough to understand if you don't care, but giving you other crevices to learn more if you're interested. Um, I think that the bosses are all super unique and really fun to play against. I think that the dungeons, although they can get a little repetitive at times, are still good because they they add, you know, that very much Zelda-esque of here's a new ability, here's how you use it to solve different puzzles. I just got the hookshot. So I haven't officially beat the game. I just got the hookshot oh, okay. and started playing with it. Um, but I've played a good majority of the game so far. I'm about at that third main boss, and then I'll have, I assume, the final, final boss. Um, you but, still have a few. Okay. It's, it's a little weird. So they get through the, the three giant souls and then there's still like <clears throat> two or three boss fights. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's good because honestly, like one of the things about this game is I like the boss fights more than the exploration. I do enjoy it. And I think that it's it, it does it well, but there are parts where I feel like some of the areas are too open without as much of a reward, I would say. Yeah. I could that, that that I feel like the boss fights are more rewarding because they're more of like a progression of the story or a progression of of you know these giant souls and it, it feels more tangible than just running through and killing the same baddies and getting a few more soul points, which I feel is like it's it's good once you're in the dungeons, but when it's just these open areas, sometimes it can just be like, okay, I don't know where I'm going. Like what, what am I doing here? And it's just yeah, like it endlessly seems like there's there the only use to have these open areas isn't necessarily to have these puzzles or to find these souls to open up the doors but instead just to gear you up so you'll be strong enough to like allow you to level up basically. yeah and it does a thing that that i you know i i struggle with games that are linear versus more open world where i think this game is is like it's linear but it tries to play it off like it's not and i'd rather yeah. it just be linear and more structured of just like, go here, go here, go here. Because there's a lot of times when the way they did it, it feels open, but not in a good way. It just feels open to be a little like bloated or like disoriented in some cases. I don't know if I'm making too much sense on that, but it just no, didn't. No, I, I get what you mean, because it feels like in, in most open world games, there is a reward to exploring. Right. And in Death's Door, there is that reward, but it just doesn't seem satisfactory because you only pretty much get two things. You get seeds and you get weapons, which how did you feel about the weapons? I felt like they really didn't change anything. Yeah, so this is, this is the thing is, is I, and you even said you were like, even the upgrades felt good. I disagree. I think nothing in this game changes like drastically from the weapons to the the upgradable abilities because i've just been pumping it into my damage and i'm like every three upgrades i'm like oh now i can hit you one time less like it doesn't really feel like it makes that big of a difference which yeah. is why you know this is this is still a game that i i think of as like my game of the year mostly because i'm having so much fun with it and because i think that the the base mechanic of just the the combat and the fluidity of the way you're feels good yeah your character roles the way you dodge the way you fight like it feels good it feels fair in a lot of situations that being said i totally agree with you nothing really matters like the, the base mechanic is there but like those weapons don't mean shit like 
I, who cares yeah. if I'm using a big hammer versus the daggers? Like, I think I thought the daggers were super cool when I first got them. And then I was like, this is just weaker and making me attack more. And it feels like it's just longer to kill things. Like, it's not good. Like, so, I used the sword through the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I switched to the daggers once and then I was like, this does nothing for me. And I fucked with the hammer for like two fights and I was like, it just feels like the sword. So I might as well just go with the sword. The only time I use the hammer is for some of those special bosses uh, for the upgradable, like uh, they're scattered around the world, which I think is is one of the things that's nice about the open world part. And there is a little bit of that like reward system to it where I fought a boss that was just there to upgrade my bomb ability. Like, yeah. and I just fought like that was the only time I used the hammer because the way you had to fight him was you could usually only get one hit in before he attacked you. So I was like, I'll just use the hammer to get the 0.2% extra. But like, did it really make a difference? Like, probably not. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, you shouldn't necessarily feel like that when you're switching to a weapon that it tries to make it seem at least by numbers that it's a market difference. Like it's like, oh, it does. It has two swings and it swings less, but it hits harder. It's like you should actually feel that difference versus in death's door you really don't like typically right. when you use a heavier weapon you feel the heft of a weapon like in in dragon age or uh, that's obviously like kind of a crpg but in most games like in fable when you equip a great sword even if your strength is at 100 percent, you see them they are like they have that heft and everything yeah and in death's door it doesn't even seem like that when they're when the crow is carrying it they just instead of putting it on their back they hold it on their shoulder which i was like it doesn't even it doesn't even look different it doesn't look heavier it doesn't feel different in any way which kind of bothered me but right. i do want to ask like this is this is kind of the funny thing about you bringing this up in this episode me talking about how you were s tier but you felt like you didn't do anything special to earn an s tier i do want to ask you you're talking about death store being a game of the year contender and I really don't mean this in a mean way at all. It just feels like in the year 2021, we haven't had a lot of really standout <laughs> yeah. indies, the ones that kind of blow up the scene. And do you feel that the reason that Death Store is kind of blowing so many people's minds is because of that fact? Because we haven't had a Celeste, we haven't had a Messenger. Yeah. Like, there's just nothing that has made people really at awe. To where something that just does what it does and it does it well mm -hmm. is the thing that they're going to choose for game of the year instead of something that's legitimately special. Right. And well, and I think that I didn't mean any of that yeah, like in an insulting way. Yeah. The, the language around that could be taken as derogatory in some yeah, sense. I don't mean to. Of the, yeah. And I know you don't. But like, I think that the, the point you're making definitely makes sense because we've talked about this before in previous episodes. I forget when it was when we talked about like, what do we think is our game of the year so far? We talked about it like a month ago or so. Yeah. And I said Loop Hero and, um, and Everhood. And both of those games, like I really loved Loop Hero. I uh, was pretty, you know, on board with um, Everhood. But they weren't games that very much to this uh, sense were like wow this blew me the fuck away like this is the game that everyone has to play like i think people should play these games but yeah i don't like i will agree i don't think that they are you know the celeste 10 out of 10 i think this is a solid eight or nine uh when Same. you think of death store um which isn't bad it it's a great game like they're really good it's doing what it needs to do really well but yeah i don't think that i found anything this year that has really blown me away and that might be why and like that's honestly kind of 
sometimes you just win because there's it's just about what's your competition right and is are things worse than you yeah so it's like, like when dragon age inquisition won game of the year and it was like it just wasn't going up against that many things there were like huge titles it's yeah. it's not like in a year where you go against like fucking red dead redemption 2 and the last of us part two it's like right, nah, right that's that's not what you had to deal with instead so i'm not saying the death store is bad in any way i love death store i think yeah. it's incredibly fun but i feel like and this is something that we talked about in our Neon Abyss special episode that's currently live over on Patreon for just a buck if you'd like to become a patron. Um, this is something we talked about is like, it feels really, really good. I love yeah. the combat. I think it's so awesome. I, I love a lot of the spells. Like I said, the weapons really didn't do anything for me. And I feel like the world and the boss fights, excessively fun. Really, yeah. really yeah. fun. But I feel like it just doesn't have, and this is the the term I used in that special episode, I feel like it just doesn't have that special sauce. The thing that makes it so special that literally everyone has to play it. When, when you hear about Celeste, people are like, the story is so impactful and the way that contours with the gameplay. It just makes it feel so special that like, if you are a fan of games and you want somewhat of a transcendent experience, you need to play Celeste. For this Death's Door, I'll be like, you looking for a great game? Play Death's Door. But it's not something that I'd recommend if somebody was like, I want something to blow my mind. I wouldn't be like, Death's Door. Even though it's great, do you, and this is, I you're, you're maybe like two or three bosses away from beating it. Do you think there is a secret ending? After you beat the game, will you go for that secret ending? Do you think? Because it, it's a lot of grinding, I will say. You I, have to I like won't. find these different tablets and I all won't. sorts of shit. I okay. won't, but that's because usually I don't do that with these type of games because it's very much the part that I, I complained about that I, I'm not really looking for, which is like doing that that exploration and that grinding of just like, oh, where is this one secret item, right? These little like mm -hmm. artifacts that you pick up, which I don't, I'm not a collectibles person uh for the most part so i don't really care too much if it was you like go around trying to find all the shinies no no <laughs> um and that's not to say i don't like games like that but i just generally i do a good amount and then like i never i don't think i've ever 100 percent a game like when it comes to that kind of thing because it's just not if i get my fill of a game i'm like i've enjoyed this i don't need to overstay my welcome in a lot of cases that's how i play games yeah, I feel like you're you essentially do what would be the intended experience yeah, of a exactly. game. It's like, okay, well, the developers when they set out to make an experience, they make it to where it's like these are what most people are going to do. Some people might not finish it, that sucks. And then some people might go even more hardcore and do everything. They might get that 112% in Hollow Knight. But yeah, you do the yeah. intended experience. You do yeah. just the main stuff. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think Death's Door super super fun super great game i would recommend people if you're looking for something fun to play easily worth the 10 hours that i put into it a yeah. lot of fun but like do i think it's gonna break your brain no not not necessarily but hell dude if you need something to play and you want some fun shit this death, is your death, death story, story is a good one definitely it's a good one for sure uh so you've also been playing a game called the ascent by neon giant please tell me about this one yeah, so The Ascent, and uh, granted, this is another one that uh, I won't go too deep into, although we did spend a good amount of time talking about Death Store, but The Ascent, I've only played about uh, an hour or two, uh, but it recently came to Game Pass. It was one of the big things that kind of sparked my interest, but I've seen this even before it, it came out on Game Pass, and I was like, oh, this looks kind of cool. And a lot of people, uh, it came out 
like the 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 relevance of this came out kind of when cyberpunk was big and that's kind of why people were like oh it's just a, a shittier cyberpunk which <laughs> granted if you look at it now you're like oh this might be the better one <laughs> um but that was because cyberpunk hadn't come out at that time so it just looks different because it's not a you know fully 3d like wow graphics kind of game it's instead a very like isometric top down it's kind of like a twin stick shooter in a way um not really but it's it kind of works that way you can play on controller i think it's easier just because all the buttons are there on the controller but you could also play a keyboard um which is just easier to aim but the way it works is kind of similar to a Diablo, where it's like a, a loot and shooter kind of game uh, with a big story behind it of you being these slaves who are run by a guy named Poon, which I was like, really? That's the name you're going to go with? Um, but <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and so you're you're just dropped into this world and uh, basically like a lot of the, the organizations in that society have kind of just shut down and like left uh, these groups to fend for themselves. And so I don't know too much about it, right? This is just what I've gotten from the first two hours or so. Um, but the reason why I really like it is because it does have that, uh, that twin stick shooter, but Diablo type mentality of running through, getting gear, uh, getting different power-ups. It's an RPG where you can level up whether you want things like your, your health, you know, your, your, what you would associate with like magic, but they call it like cyber power because you're a cybernetic person. So you have like these skills and these abilities you can find. Like I have one where it's just, you punch and it's like this crazy slam that you use. Uh, you can build into that. You could build into more of your firearms. So you could get like critical hit or reload speed and handling. And like, there's a bunch of different things you level up, stuff like that. So it's, it's very much an RPG. Um, which I enjoy, but also it is a up to four person game, uh, which you can play the entire game co-op, which I really liked. So I talked to a buddy, the same guy who I played all of uh, Divinity with, and I was like, hey, let's fucking let's get into this. And so I'm basically just going to keep playing uh, whenever they're online and play through it. I'll give more thoughts as I get farther into the game. But honestly, at this point, from what I've seen, there seems to be a lot into it. There's a crazy amount of side quests and things now that I've got to the main city. Uh, there's so many different types of like these guns and upgrades and abilities and things. Um, I've fought through my first like technical first boss, which I thought was fun um, of just this big dude who's shooting rockets at you. He's got a bunch, bunch of little ads who are chasing you uh, during it. You got to dodge roll and uh, make sure you don't get hit while he's trying to like jump at you. I thought it was good. I, I can't speak too much of like this is a must-have but if you have game pass i would definitely recommend it because it's easy to just pick it up and play um if not i can't really say one way or the other just yet but i am having fun with what i've started so i'll say that much the one thing that i'll say that i do hate um well kind of hate kind of don't is um uh, well two things one I don't know what it is. It, it's definitely the cyberpunk world and that theme because a lot of people are usually on the more vulgar side when you think of like a cyberpunk world, but there's like a character and, I, and I've noticed this in a lot of the others and I've talked about this before and this is really just a weird nitpicky thing with me. Funny enough because I curse a lot and I probably should be uh, not cursing as much, but like when I see it in dialogue, which is more thoroughly thought about and more, you know, meticulously put together, when I see a character where every dialogue box, which is only like 10 words, has the word fuck or shit in it in each and every one, I'm like, you're overusing this a bit too much. <laughs> um, the game literally used the word fucktard. And I was like, whew, that's a... Pfft. Like, 
that's a little weird. That's a bit like, much. And I was like, okay. Um, but that that being said, that was one character. The rest, they still use it, and it's like kind of overly used. So I'm like, I'm like, ah, but that's a nitpicky thing on me. Most people don't they don't care. They won't even like think about it really. Um, but the yeah. other thing is they have the main character who is fully voiced voice acted um oh that's cool it's not just a silent protagonist yeah uh well no 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 no. protagonist is silent but the the main like that that poon guy the main character who keeps talking to you who like you're doing all of this stuff for will talk in english uh and they have a couple other people who do but then every other side quest person talks in very similar to uh knights of the old republic talk where well yeah very similar where they're all just this weird like dialogue mix up of what seems to be like russian and like what you would think an alien so it'll be like and they just keep doing that but it's like slightly different for each person and i'm just like it's just it's too much it's one of those things where um i i mean i guess like i understand it's a smaller team you can't voice act everyone that would be insane but at a certain point, those hobblebabas get so annoying. Like, I don't know. I just don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> all right. All right. I get it. I actually, checking it out, like having uh, you telling me what it was and, and looking at it, I actually think I might check out The Ascent. I'm actually kind of surprised that you're not playing Chris Tales right now. I got to be honest. So, yeah. Like, so Chris Tales was going to be my next one that I jumped to. And then The Ascent came out and I was like... But I think so the ascent, yeah. like I said, is is basically I'm gonna try to just keep it to me playing with uh my buddy uh and yeah, whenever he's game. yeah, whenever he's online and just play it as a co-op game. And then once I beat Death's Door, I'll probably jump into Chris Tales and have that on the side for whenever he's not around. Oh, okay. I feel like I'm I'm so glad that I did that like long binge of Hollow Knight because I feel like it really set me up for like a long binging attitude. So like I played a lot of I played a shitload of Hollow Knight, like 40 hours, 48 hours of Hollow Knight, almost 50. And then I played like a buttload of Red Dead Online with Chase. Then I played a bunch of Days Gone. And then I beat like Death's Door and I I felt really good about it. And now I actually picked up a game called Eldest Souls by Fallen Flag Studio. It's something that I've been excited for for a while. And I actually think it's kind of funny because Acid Nerve, known for making Titan Souls, mm-hmm. they made a game that is more like of a Zelda-like. It's it's much more far-branching and it's not just a boss rush game versus Eldest Souls is actually much more of that traditional boss rush. So yeah. like you don't fight normal enemies. There's no ads. There's none of that. Instead, it's just boss fights. And I actually, I I like this, but admittedly, I do think it gets tiring at times. Mm. The nice thing about it, though, is that there is a very quick revive time where, like, each time you die, you could just click retry and start at the beginning of that boss fight and then just keep going and keep going and going and going That's so good. Here's one of the things that I didn't bitch about that I wanted to about Death's Door. And that right there is what I love to hear from Eldest Souls because I think that people who make the Dark Souls game, people who make Death Store, do not <laughs> respect the player's time. Yeah. If I fail at a boss, why? Why do I need to walk two fucking miles to get back <laughs> to that boss and just run past people that I've already killed before that's not tough, that's just annoying and wasting my time? Stop developing games like this. People don't <laughs> need to do that. And it pisses yeah. me off because there are sections of that game where they go, oh, do you want to just retry here? 
And I'm like, if you- Yeah, avarice and shit. If you yeah. respected my time there, why will you not just throw me back into this fight? Like, stop doing this. Ugh. And they even have it in boss fights where like the door, your yes. like checkpoint door is right there. Like Betty the Yeti is literally right next to the Coliseum where you fight her. Yeah. And it's like, what? But then, yeah, when you fight several <sighs> bosses, you have to just continually walk through huge it areas. Yeah. Pisses me off so much. I am so sorry, but it's I remember bad. that. And it's like, nah. I'm so glad to hear that because people should do this more often in games. Anyway, Eldest Souls, yeah. continue. Eldest Souls is is very quick. It's very snappy. You hop in, you could die, um, and then you just retry. I actually got an achievement for retrying, like dying and retrying 10 times in a row. And I just kept going and going and going and going. And I've killed like, I think four or five bosses, but I've actually died like upwards of a hundred times. And it's like, it's insane. Dude. Yeah. But it's actually kind of nice though, because it's this boss rush. I might find these bosses so annoying, but that means that I can just take a break. I can go, I can eat some chicken nuggets. I can watch some <laughs> fucking anime of and then I can come back and just try again and i feel refreshed by that mm -hmm. instead of mm -hmm. doing what you what you're talking about is that like trudging through this mile long road to eventually get there which also death's door has this issue where it has these very elaborate maps these very elaborate worlds but no fucking maps so often yes. enough i'd be like where do i go yeah like i would <laughs> actually forget where i was and i was like what the fuck versus like eldest souls very easy to navigate it's got very few paths, and since there are no ads or anything, you know exactly where you're supposed to go. It's like, okay, there are these big doors that I can open up with my fucking obsidian sword. I open it up, there's a boss. I fight it, I kill it, there's another big door. I go in that big door. Like It's mm -hmm. very Cuphead-esque where you just like walk between yeah, the different yeah. boss fights and you kill them. Like, it's, it's very easy. And for the actual gameplay of Eldest Souls, I'm very much enjoying it. And it, it does something that I enjoy. I, I really, really enjoy where often enough when people try to do this like really hardcore combat, they do copy that Dark Souls-esque take with the Estus flasks. Yeah. So they instead just have like a limited amount of healing that you can use and you can pick up. Uh, even something like Hyper Light Drifter does this. Mm -hmm. And... This is something that actually really bothered me about Death's Door was only having the like four health and you cannot heal during boss fights. Instead, you just have to go to the flowers that you had already accessed before them, which is like, if I die and come back, why do I need to go to that flower? Yeah. I just was, walk into the boss fight. Like it, was, it doesn't make any sense. It was honestly a little weird because like if you could walk through the door, those Coliseum door type things and full heal yeah. anyway, I was like, what is the point? I had like, there's a point right now where I have 20 of those seeds because I'm like, I don't even need to use these heals because I'll just either die and come back or like whatever. Like there's no point. Yeah. And there was really like in Death Store, there's not really a penalty for dying. Like you use no. a few, you lose a few souls, but that's it. Like it's it's not. I didn't that even bad. realize. I never like. Yeah, exactly. I only noticed it because one time <clears throat> I saw the like negative four, and I was like, I have like fucking twenty thousand, so it doesn't matter. But okay. Yeah. And so. It, it just felt unnecessary. And in Eldest Souls, instead of doing the Estus Flask, because I do like the Death Story at least tried to do something else. Mm -hmm. Because this mm -hmm. is something that kind of gets old. Um, and Death Door tried it and I didn't very much enjoy it. But Eldest Souls does it in the exact opposite. 
Whereas instead of getting any sort of healing, you heal in combat by using a leech ability. And hmm. you actually, cool. you can only access that by doing a certain thing, which is building up your bloodthirst, uh, which is you essentially go into a charge attack with your obsidian greatsword. And as long as you land a hit on your enemy, then you go into like a bloodthirsty frenzy and every hit that you make has a leech chance hmm. that will gradually increase your health and you can get special abilities uh, by inserting shards from bosses uh that will allow you like the the first boss i beat which is the guardian it's soul when you use its passive ability because you can either choose to have them as an active ability or a passive mm -hmm. so far i've only used them as passives because their passive is often more value to me than an active ability uh so the first one with the guardian ability as an active ability it has a grapple where you could shoot out and you can grapple yourself toward people very much the hook shot from death store or just a hook shot in general versus mm -hmm. if you have it as a passive ability um and you slot it that way no. when you do a when you go into bloodthirst and instead of just hitting the enemy to try to get as much leech as possible you do a very quick strike that's meant to get through bosses defenses which is just like a slam attack and it ends up creating these tendrils on the ground which slowly heal you over time i really like that and i like the way that eldest souls forces you to be in combat. This game is all about combat. So it's like, no, if you want to heal, you have to hit. That's the only way that you can do it. There is no other way to heal. And I, I actually really enjoy that because you don't break the flow of combat. It's always like you hop in, you fight, you die, you hop in, you fight, you die. You don't get to strategize really. Right. And I enjoy that about this game because it's just about learning from the battle. That's it. You, you go in, you try to build up that muscle memory until you eventually beat it. Granted, it has taken me 30 to 40 times to beat certain bosses. It just fucking sucks sometimes, but it happens. Then another nice thing about Eldest Souls is that you actually level up and you gain skill points from beating bosses to which you then plant into like a skill tree outside of all of these like other rpg skill trees where you basically are like done once you insert a skill you have that skill unless like later on you use a special type of currency to respect in elder souls you can literally do it at any time you can just unre you could just respect everything if you want to That's to cool. try these three different versions of combat styles one is based on countering one is based on increasing your damage output and the third is like a dash based skill tree um where you end up doing some range damage because they're the only type of damage you ever are actively allowed to use is this obsidian greatsword because hmm. in the lore of this game that's how you kill gods uh is with obsidian because they are made from the moon and it is a chunk of the moon it's very weird gotcha. uh but all in all i think eldest souls is incredibly fun i really really like it it is incredibly hard very very hard <laughs> so anybody who purchases just know buckle up that i am maybe four bosses in and have died over a hundred times it is very hard okay like but luckily 
It's very snappy. Literally, you die from a boss, you click retry, you just do it over and over and over and over again. And then even if you choose give up, because there's only two options when you die, even when you choose give up, you just go back to what would be the pseudo bonfire. You can respec your points or whatever, do whatever you need to do. Um, maybe take a break for a while, come back. Boss fight is less than like literally like maybe a minute walk away you get over there you fight that boss again you go through you go through you go through it's basically like ramming your head against a wall until you eventually break it but it's fun <laughs> yeah i mean for some people that's what they want yeah and i i there's only one problem i have with the respecting thing is that certain bosses when you click retry you sometimes just immediately get back into the fight. Uh, specifically, I'm in the boss of, uh, it's the God of Unity right now. And every when you click retry, it just immediately starts off the fight versus the God of Light that's before that. Uh, you start off in their cathedral and you have to walk up to them. So you have time to actually respec. Mm. So there was actually a time where I was like, okay, I am in the bloodthirsty tree right now. I'm in the high damage output tree. So instead, I want to try that counter ability on this boss because I feel like in a sense, like you're kind of meant to actually switch. Yeah. You're not meant to just stick with one because each boss is easier if you use different skill trees. Right. Um, so I went to go try and I only had a, it doesn't pause the game when you switch. So I had enough time to unspec my stuff but not enough time to respec. <laughs> so I was just stuck in this boss battle without any abilities. And I was like, this should not happen. <laughs> it was so annoying. I That's really, great. really hated it. But outside of that, I actually, I've had only good things to say about Souls, with the exception of it's so fucking hard. <laughs> it's so hard. So just be prepared for that shit. I'm Very also cool. playing another game uh, that I'm trying to test myself to see if I can beat it but I'm not going to talk about it oh. until I beat it. Okay. Oh. I'm doing well so far. I'm just letting everybody know I'm doing well so far, but I'm not going to talk about it until I beat it. So let's get into our main news stories for today. Our first news story is over on IGN. This is everything announced at the Annapurna Interactive Showcase 2021. It is written by Rebecca Valentine. And normally the way that we would do these showcases is to just talk about the ones that we enjoy. But the Annapurna Interactive Showcase had so little that I feel like we can actually just kind of talk about it <sighs> all in all. I feel like Did it's- Did you watch it? it, it yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I actually okay. watched cool. this one. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I think, felt like it was- What do you think like overall okay. of it? So one, I found it annoying that even if you click on the YouTube version of this, it still makes you like, it still has the 17 minutes. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like cut that shit out. I get that it was like a live stream on YouTube, but there has to be a way to re-upload that shit and just cut it out. Like that's annoying. Uh, you I screw really with it. metrics. Yeah. I just, I skip past the 17 minutes and it's, it, it's really just like a 30 minute showcase. So anybody who's like, oh no, 55 minutes? Like, I don't want to sit through that. No, it's like 30 minutes. And then and you even just set then, it to two times. And then it's just 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah. I, I personally, the showcase overall, I really liked it. I thought it was good. I felt like they had really good music choices for what they were showing. Mm -hmm. Very similar to like the wholesome directs always have these really nice, like very cutesy types of music 
uh, that accentuate the entire idea of wholesome, which I'm actually wearing my wholesome direct 2020 t-shirt right now, but it's so fucking cold in my house that I had to put my sweatshirt on. Otherwise I'll be wearing that dope ass t-shirt, but I actually liked it. And, uh, when this was originally announced, I was excited to see the flair that they went with, Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. they tried to like create this. And I'm actually very i i very much enjoyed this and i'm excited for another annapurna interactive Mm -hmm. showcase because i feel like they they didn't try to make this linchpin of a person that nobody gives a shit about very much like how i feel like the nintendo like the 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 showcases and stuff people that are talking over it and you're like who are you Yeah, it's like, why do I care about you? Instead, they have one person that introduces the showcase and they end the showcase, but in the middle, they just basically have this infographic of it going from one side of the earth to the other and wherever this thing takes place. So it goes from like Toronto to uh, Melbourne and all sorts of like different places. I thought that was kind of cool. I think I actually enjoyed that. I think that was my favorite part of all of this of just the awareness of like where does the game actually come from i mm-hmm. i thought it was like a it's it's a very you know small minor detail but i really enjoyed that uh that way of breaking you know the the in between of each of these so it's not just like here's a game here's a game here's a game it's like a quick like just a palette cleanser but also yeah. to be like hey this person's from this area and you're like oh okay that's cool like we had um uh in our discord uh, a member who was talking about the fact that oh this game was created from where i'm at like that's cool like and you might not have even known that or you might have never even realized like this is being developed down the street you know like i think that's a cool little fun fact to know yeah let alone the fact that like i i enjoy that they have this diverse group of like different things. So they won, they showed a trailer for games that we haven't seen in a long time, like the artful escape and finally gave release dates for it. And then they showed like a gameplay trailer. Like, I feel like they, they had a nice mix of things where they spoke to devs. They had actual announcements and they had gameplay to make things like, I feel like it flowed very well as a showcase versus just being like trailer 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 and then it was finally like let's hear from a dev of a game that you've never heard about and then it's like trailer 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 it's like oh my god i think instead we went from like the artful escape to neon white which are two very different games by the way just saying and it's like i I really liked it it's a nice change of pace i wonder how they they set this up though because uh there was a discussion in our discord around how they had a lack of control seemingly in what people were showcasing or what they were talking about of you know are they just showing a trailer are they giving an in-depth look at it are they showing themselves uh you know to to say like hey here's the game i'm working on or whatnot in these videos and so there's a there was a variety of it right which is good because there is not that just trailer 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 but i wonder how much of this was annapurna saying like this is what you can do so we have like a quota of certain things and like stack it together versus did they just go hey to fucking give us something and then they put it together right like i'm i'm interested to see how much of that was choreographed because although it worked i think in this one um and in certain cases it was a little over the place uh, i would say in like very small areas of it i wonder if they can replicate that in 
the showcases to come if it's not as choreographed, right? That's all like we'll just have to wait and see kind of a thing. But yeah. I, I am curious to see if they just got lucky or if this is like Annapurna really like paying attention to what they're doing kind of a thing. Yeah, it'll it'll be easy. It'll be not easy. It'll be interesting to see how this next showcase does. Like if if they continue on doing what they've done with this first or if they try to do something else. Like I, I feel yeah, like I very similar it, like the original like Nindies stuff the and then morphing into the the indie world showcases. Yeah. I feel like they changed like oh, the, for sure. the first yeah, yeah, yeah. few were really nice and then the later ones just got like i said just obsessed with showcasing trailer after trailer it was more quantity over quality in a sense and i mean not quality of title but quality of look at the game mm -hmm. so i'm interested to see how these one how like the the annapurna interactive yeah. showcases change i think i think to nintendo's um you know, to, to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, even though they don't need it because it's Nintendo. But like, I think it's easier to do that when you are Annapurna because you have a smaller subset where all you have to do is show the quality of these games because you're really pushing them. Whereas Nintendo is just like, we got to showcase these indies, like fucking get them out there. Like, because then, yeah. you know, what does it matter to them? They're just like, put as many as we can cram in there so we get people to like us because we're showcasing indies, right? Like, I, I don't know, it's probably not that mean but like that could be a perspective they have right yeah and i mean i do appreciate the fact that they do it at all yes, I, yes I really, that's true my criticisms of the nindies and stuff like that the fact that they do it at all is just fantastic Very true. i, I Very love true. like i think that the like the the indie world and like id at xbox like every place has room to grow dude id at xbox that trying it at all is great id at xbox fucking hit me up someone who knows someone in Xbox? Fucking get me a job in there. I'll do video for you. I'll do whatever. I'm like, that's, oh, man, that is definitely where I'm trying to go. <laughs> that would be cool. I'd love uh, so, it. To talk about the actual substance of the Annapurna Interactive Showcase, we finally have a release date for the Artful Escape. Mm -hmm. It's coming September 9th uh, for Xbox, including Game Pass, which is pretty sweet. Yep. And it's also going to be heading to Steam. Uh, for Neon White, we got an in-depth look at gameplay, and I'm glad that we actually had that developer talking over yeah, it, it was and explaining how the game worked, because otherwise I was like, I don't get this. I didn't, and I will say, as much as it it looks so cool. I'm glad this was showcased because I know I don't want it now. Really? You don't you don't like the it idea looks, of like dude, it also being a puzzle to where it's like, okay, you can use the card to shoot, looks, but you can also discard for a special ability. Looks so cool. I love the idea. I don't like speed running. Oh yeah, and that's I kind of the whole game is just to get it done as fast as possible. I don't like that panic mode when it comes to games. It just it gives me anxiety. It's not for me. And it was one of those okay. things where I saw it and I was like, "Fuck, this game looks so cool," but I know I'm not gonna have a good time with it. Yeah, yeah, I totally get it. I I very much like this is not a game for me either. But I'm glad that they give that more in depth look because initially I was like, I don't know what this game is. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think it's super and, creative. Like I think that the idea behind this, and I think that there's going to be a lot of people who love this because it's so unique. It's such an awesome idea. But I just, I like, I know myself. I know I'm not going to enjoy it as much. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, Neon White is headed to the Nintendo Switch and PC sometime this winter, but I would recommend checking out that gameplay trailer, the breakdown. It, they do a lot to explain how yeah, exactly it's super, it's super the game cool. works. Um, we got a brief update. So we've got a couple of different things uh, of updates of different things. So like uh, Outer Loop Games was shown and briefly spoke about whatever game they're working on now after Falcon Age. Mm -hmm. It seems interesting. It seems to be about skateboarding, but they didn't actually talk about yeah, the game. There's, there's this, this is one of the things with the Annapurna Direct that I was kind of like iffy on was some of these type of things where they were like, hey, I'm a developer, I'm working on something, but like nothing was shown. So you're like, yeah. I don't know how to feel about they, whatever it is you're doing. They showed like excessively small clips of it. Mm -hmm. Um, they showed like, I, I would say they probably talk for like maybe five minutes and they the actual gameplay that they show of their game is like maybe 30 seconds and yeah. that's being generous and it's like very quick snippets like randomly and otherwise i kind of enjoy that they don't talk much about the game which sounds weird because it's kind of just like hey we are the team that yeah, is making yeah. a game instead it's just like explaining who these developers were and Maybe they didn't have a whole lot to show for their game right now, but they're showing what inspired them to make the game, yeah. which is like skating culture and making their games like less about pass fail and just about having fun, mm -hmm. which I thought was really nice. So Outer Loop Games, they're working on a skateboarding game. Really don't know anything other than that. Uh, yeah. We saw a game called A Memoir Blue, A Journey into the Depths of Memory. Uh, which is apparently it is uh, planned for Xbox, PlayStation, Steam, Nintendo Switch, iOS at a later date. Uh, honestly, wasn't really for me, but I thought it was cool. Like mm -hmm. it looked interesting. Yeah. But that's really all I can say. Uh, then we checked in with a developer named Jessica Mack. This was really cool. I granted I don't know really anything about the game. It says uh, everyday shooter developer and sh sound shapes co-director Jessica Mack in announced a partnership with Annapurna Interactive for a new unannounced game. No specific details were shown, but Mack mentioned the importance of music, sound, and replicating the kind of flow a musician has when they are playing playing an instrument. So the the actual like little bits that they showed were interesting it was like a mix it was like somewhat of an action adventure game but it's meant to be more about the music mm -hmm. and if the music playing over that section of the showcase was it then i'm in like <laughs> that was some really dope music but right. otherwise like if it's something entirely different i'll be like nah <laughs> i highly because doubt the they would use something different See, I doubt they would, but like the the colors and what I would associate with the gameplay there, I would expect it to be more synthy. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a big fan of like synthwave music. I have to be completely honest about that. Like I love the aesthetic of kind of the culture of synthwave, but I don't like the music all that much. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. That's fair. And what was being played there was very different. Yeah. So then. We hop over to uh, check out a game called Storyteller. Oh, it's developed by so Daniel Benmurgi. I don't, I don't know. That sounds about that, right. I, I totally fucked that one up. Uh, this is kind of like an interactive storybook game. It's it's all about like making these these puzzles and working it out. Uh, Storyteller is coming to the Nintendo Switch and Steam, and there's a demo out right now on Steam. Uh, so you actually enjoyed this one. Yeah, I think it looks super cool. 
I thought it was very clever. The the idea is that you're building out these stories. Like they give you like a very kind of vague uh, sentence of like in here on the, the IGN video, it just says queen is deceived into marriage. And they give you uh, like a few boxes and like a preset area that you have, like a couple of squares. And then they have characters that you can put into the scene and you can have different like little objectives or things that you put next to them. And it'll like build out a story for you. And like, I just think it's so clever. I'm I very interested to see kind of how this works as far as like, I, I feel like it's, it's hard to create scenarios like this where like everything will work because like the characters start animating based on where you put them. And I think that's yeah. obviously going to be difficult, but I'm sure they found a way to do it. But like, I'm super into it. I think it's so cool. I, um, I, I always get like, I have this weird, like I get exhausted by puzzle games really quick just because it's just, you know, it's, it's a puzzle. Like you're like, Oh, I got to think about this, but I just think it's so clever. It's so cutesy. I think the idea behind it is very unique. Like I'm really into the idea behind this. Yeah, it looks really interesting. Um, outside of that, we head over to Heart Machine to look at Solar Ash a little bit more. And we got a release date of October 26, 2021 for PlayStations 4, 5, and PC. To be completely honest, being a big Heart Machine fan, I, from what I've seen of Solar Ash, I don't know necessarily if it's actually my kind of game. Wow. But I will purchase it nonetheless just because <laughs> I love the developer. Yeah, yeah. But like I, I don't know if I'm really going to enjoy it. it, wow. it I I don't know. That's I guess upsetting. I'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I'll have yeah, to wait and for see. Sure. Um, then we checked out Ivy Road in an announcement that sounded like a setup to a very very cool joke. The creator of the Stanley Parable, uh, Parable. What is my problem? Parable. A beginner's guide. <laughs> Basically, it was like a bunch of different developers that you would actually really enjoy, including the actual sound designer, at least I think musician that created the Minecraft soundtrack are all working together on an unannounced project and it was kind of like this very cute cinematic thing that they showed where they're like drinking tea and talking yeah. about their games and they check in with their musician and he's like he's like, like i'm doing hunched over, i'm doing like, work Igor. here <laughs> yeah it was, I, I loved it it was interesting I, are, are you excited for this because i haven't played stanley parable i've played and stanley they also parable. have the co-director of gone home in tacoma by the way yeah that was the other which are are also uh very widely like known and and uh revered games and so just having the stanley parable part is really what's piquing my interest because i want to see what they create because i was such a big fan of the stanley parable i thought it was such a cool just uh the idea of of having a game that makes you feel like you're in control is always something that i am into and i hope that they keep that kind of uh pacing but it was just, it was well-written. It was a fun game. Like, I'm excited for whatever is to come next. All right. Then we check out Skin Deep. Uh, next, we got an update on Blendo's Games' upcoming project, Skin Deep. This is a fucking weird shooter. one, dude. Yeah, with a sneeze meter, upsetting bodily injuries, uh, being smelly, and all kind. Like, it was very odd. It seemed kind <laughs> of like... I don't know how to explain it. You essentially are just trying to solve puzzles with certain parameters. So they'd be like, okay, you have to save these people, but, and and this is specifically something they point out, but you can't shoot your gun. 
So it was like you or you don't have bullets is the thing. And they had to like throw the gun at an airlock button to open the airlock to eject this like malevolent person. It it was very odd. I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, I'm sure it's fun. I'm sure it's going to be an interesting game, but I don't think it's going to be like a very uh, popular just just because of how wacky it is and how like I I think it's kind of hard to to quickly elevator pitch this type of game to people um Mm. i am going to wait to see more of it i'm i'm at this point very much into the idea of it but not like oh i need this game you know yeah yeah i get you uh and then they have like platform updates the pathless is coming to steam on november 16th what remains of edith finch is headed to ios on august 16th i am dead arrives on playstation 4 playstation 5 and xbox on august 9th telling lies and gorago i don't know uh are both headed to xbox game pass soon we got an update on stray which was really interesting stray looks good uh, yeah, that that one was kind of like it was very odd where it's like you're a cat in this robotic world yeah. and you kind of just have to deal with that. I thought it was interesting. I, um, so it's coming to to PlayStation's 4, 5 and PC in early 2022. I'm into it. I thought it was super cool. I love the little robot that follows you. I thought it was cool that they were like, "Oh, by the way, now you could just shoot these lasers at these enemies and like you're this cat just killing things." And I was like, "Oh, man. This is like this is weird, really weird. I'm into it. Yeah, like, it, was, I don't know. it was weird and cute. I like yeah. it. It was, it was almost like a love, death, and robots. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, this yeah, is so much. odd. <laughs> yeah. It, with the, actually, there is that literal episode where it's like all the robots and they find cats the, that are yes, like have opposable yes. thumbs and blow oh, up. Man, shit. I wonder if that's. Yeah. I'd love to talk to the people behind this game and it'd be like, so what was your inspiration? They were like, you know, that one episode of like, and just have them go, like, yeah, we just made a game based on that. I'd be like, Checks out. And then we got an update from No Code Entertainment Productions where they basically were just like, everyone tells us our games are good horror games, but we never tried to make a horror game. And now we're trying to make a horror game. And I was like, you just said fucking nothing. Yeah, what? It, was, it was a little weird. They but. basically just bragged for like 15 minutes where they're like, we inadvertently make great horror games. So now that we're going to try to make a horror game, it's going to fuck shit up. And I was like, okay yeah that was weird we'll see put your money where your mouth is yeah well which is a really gross sentence because money is not something you should ever put in your mouth it's disgusting yeah yeah Mm. anyway i would assume the like etymology or whatever to that that phrase does not actually make any sense like it's very much like a look a gift horse in the mouth thing where yeah, just yeah, like, yeah what's that fucking mean <laughs> so the lastly we we got like kind of a one more thing which was an update to the outer wilds uh it is coming to the nintendo switch planned sometime for this holiday but they don't know exactly when and like i predicted they announced a dlc that is their first and only expansion which i thought was very interesting that they very definitely said is the only expansion uh, and it is Echoes of the Eye, which is planned for release on PlayStation 4, Steam, Epic Game Store, uh, and Xbox on September 28th. Looks interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I never played the original uh, Outer Wilds in general, so I have nothing to say on it. I played it specifically for our Indie Game of the Year discussion. Mm-hmm. And I've said over and over again, best horror game ever made because it seriously freaks me the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, it scares the shit out of me. Because the fact that I can just, like, be chilling on this planet, it crumbles underneath, and then I get sucked into the vacuum of space is legitimately terrifying. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm not a fan. I'm good. So... There you go. Our next and last news story for today is over on Gaming Bolt, and it is written by, oh no, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, and I'm so sorry that I'm about to do this. It's like, Shabhankar Parijat, Parijat, Parijat. I fucked that up I so bad. I feel like bad. you got the I'm last so name a lot better than you did the first name. Dude, I'm I'm 100% sure I fucked it all up and I'm so sorry I did, but that's that's a hard one for me. That's on me. Uh so this is Microsoft actually cares about the indie market replace developer says. Uh so they they basically like give a little bit of an introduction talking about the the issues that people have spoken about in working with platform X, which we actually talked about, which is now basically just widely known as PlayStation and replaced actually spoke with the developers of replaced Sadcast Studios. I actually spoke with Twinfinite, but this is kind of just like a wrap up of that. It's actually the the it's, easiest article to find yeah. for this issue, which I thought was odd that it didn't just immediately take me to Twinfinite. To Twinfinite, like, yeah. It's also okay. weird because if you look, the the quotes from the Twinfinite article article are the exact same, like quotes yeah like there's no more or less it's like a copy and paste thing yeah there's no more or less in the twinfinite one so like you could go to either one and you i found it odd that this wasn't more widely reported because i go through all the major news sites where specifically they spoke about these issues with like playstation and indies and this was not mentioned i think honestly i think the reason why is because as much as i i think this is an interesting take this is very much a nothing news story. Um, yeah, it's, and, it's mostly just throwing shade. Yeah, and what what I mean by that is a lot of what is said in here is, you know, they're talking about Microsoft. Microsoft actually cares about the indie market, but like a lot of the 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 why of like, oh, they care, is in here from the quotations is like, yeah, you could just tell. Like, can't you see what's happening? Is like kind of it, and it's like, well, that doesn't really mean they care. That just means they're doing stuff that's good for them. But like, yeah, I mean, it should also be said that there are some things that we haven't talked about on this podcast before, uh, which is the fact that like Microsoft has actually approached different indie game developers and given them money to finish games that yeah, otherwise sure. wouldn't have been finished. Yeah, like specifically, and this is something that I've heard from specifically listening to Defining Duke. They spoke about how Two Ton Studios could only finished. Uh, could only finish unto the end because of Microsoft helping them out. Yep. And I thought that was really interesting. And they're not the first person to do that or the first person that Microsoft has done this with. Whereas Sony used to have something called the Pub Fund, which they would essentially help indie game developers make their game. But they have since stopped actually doing that. So I feel like mostly this news story is about that Microsoft still has these... Uh, well, I guess this news story is not about that at all because yeah. they don't actually reference it. But I feel like the the larger communication or the the larger discussion about this is that Microsoft is still trying to help indie game developers make their games. And Sony, the most they've done, or I, not once again, not to throw any shade at Sony, but like the most they are doing right now is 
talking about indie games that a lot of people or at least some people do not think are necessarily indie games because they're so big so that would be like Kana bridge of spirits or little devil inside um so i'm really not trying to throw any shade at anybody but outside of this like the the little bits that microsoft is doing with id at xbox that could get better we've talked about it could definitely get better and actually helping out these indie game devs and not making it really hard to get their games on there Mm -hmm. to an audience that pretty much either doesn't know or doesn't give a shit about their games is a little odd plus there's of course the xbox game pass wrap right right yeah uh, i mean i don't know if we want to go like fully into the article though because i've i've kind of danced around all this before you've even read it (laughs) Okay, so yeah, I'll just read it. Uh, so in particular, replace developer Sad Cat Studio co-founder Igor Grazze, I believe is how you say that, uh, comment stands out in context uh, of recent reports on how tough most indie developers have found working with Sony. Gritze, maybe, Gritze, I don't know. Uh, remarks that Microsoft actually cares about the indie market and that from his perspective, there isn't any downside to partnering with Microsoft uh, where an indie developer is concerned owing to, uh, yeah, owing to the funding and marketing reach they provide. The biggest part of this partnership for us is that Microsoft actually cares about the indie market, Gritze said. Otherwise, well, there would be much fewer games on all platforms. They really give a chance to small studios to actually produce something and provide marketing awareness to people. I would say that for indie studios, I can't even think of a con uh, with partnering with Microsoft. Uh, because they provide funding and marketing reach. I believe they also talk about, yeah, as for Game Pass, it allows more people to learn about the game and actually play the game uh, because there is frequently there is frequently this situation for many players where they will see a game in the store that they want but at the same time it is 30 60 or even more and they just wish list it and kind of like forget about it game pass allows you to just install and play it also brought up the fact that like there are a lot of games like there could be a paralysis of choice where there are too many games so you don't know what to play on game pass but still that's kind of like a first world problem. Like it's yeah. nice to have that problem yeah. in a sense. Yeah. Um, but because it's, it's true. Like I probably wouldn't have picked up the ascent. I'm enjoying it a lot, but I probably wouldn't have picked it up if I had to actually pay just out of pocket for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely agree. I I thought the the comment about the like being able to check out a game when it's 30, 60 or even more Currently, the average for indie games is like $20. So I feel like this this was like an interesting comment to make. But yeah. granted, this could be like uh, they could be talking outside of the U.S. And also, That's true. the point still somewhat stands. Even if you see like a $20 price tag and you aren't a 100% sure if you'll love the game, it could keep people from actually playing it versus it being on Game Pass. Like you said, I, I believe the Ascent is, let me check, but I feel like it's not actually that much money. So it I could be- I think it's 23 right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm gonna head over to Steam right now and check. It is $26.99. So the $30 statistic actually goes with this. See, one. there you go. And- and I, I guess also it. so does Chris Tales because I think yeah, Chris Tales is forty dollars. Yeah, Chris Tales is a is a pretty pricey when you think about like the indie side of things game. Um, 
And honestly, if I didn't have Chris Tales on Game Pass, once again, I probably, and I haven't picked it up yet, but I know I wouldn't have because I would have just waited for it to go on sale and probably wouldn't have played it. Maybe it would have got lost in time. I would have ended up not getting it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But with it yeah, being so this on, plays into that point. Right. But with it right. being on Game Pass, I'm much more likely to pick it up because I get to say, like, even if I don't enjoy it, I, I can try it. Right. And then yeah. if I do, and a lot of this goes into what the Game Pass side of things does is like if there is a DLC, DLC does not come with Game Pass. So I might just give them money for that. Or eventually games do go off Game Pass if I want to keep playing it, because maybe it's not a game that is like a one and done, then I will have to buy it. And if I enjoy it that much, then I'll go ahead and do that. And we've even seen in the market, like even if I don't, the fact that I might talk about it, the fact that I might say something about it, you know, for people who listen to our show and listen to me talking about the Ascent and me saying like, hey, it's a lot of fun. You could pick it up. There might be people who don't have Game Pass and still buy it because they're like, all right, someone tried it. They liked it. Fuck, I'll get it. Whatever. Like that right there is just it's basic marketing in itself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I I feel like they're making some salient points, but at the same note, like you said, they don't necessarily have anything to back it up. They kind of just said, oh, there's no cons because they actually want to work with you and because the marketing and the outreach that they offer, it's pretty much like sweet. But also like from what I understand, Xbox also does have that kind of like marketing. Like if you want to be on their storefront, you do have to pay a little bit, which I think is completely fine, but it should just be made a little bit more accessible yeah for people and, and granted we don't like we don't know it might be it, it might yeah. be more than another like we don't know the inside baseball that comes with this right but like yeah. um i think it's fair to say that like it's not unheard of that they would ask for uh, a bit of you know uh some type of uh retro of like we're going to get xyz to put you on this market but yeah there's probably a way to make it more uh, easy for a developer with less resources and less uh, funding to to be showcased as opposed to, you know, your cyberpunks or your Red Deads or whatever it is that you have. Um, yeah. But I mean, like I said, I think that's super cool. I think it's great that we're hearing more of these, you know, these good things or, you know, these these inklings of like, hey, people are doing good things for indies. Right. Um, but there's it is in the same light a, a nothing news because I'm like, there's nothing different that we haven't heard. It's just, it's good to hear it be uh, kind of reinforced, right? Yeah, and and my take on it is I'm glad that like seemingly indie developers are feeling good enough. They're feeling secure enough in the industry that they can they can start taking pot shots and that sounds bad, but I feel like a lot they of like indie developers have just been bearing down and kind of accepting the fact that Sony shits on them at times or that they might get shit on. And instead we're starting to see indie developers being like, okay, you know what? I don't give a fuck about burning a bridge. I'm sick of this bullshit. And it's something that like large publishers, like large AAA publishers or even medium, like the, the double A market, they have done that in the past. They have been able to freely speak about this and not have to worry about any sort of repercussion. Because they're big enough. Yeah, because they're big enough and they're financially secure. So I'm glad that indie developers are now like, you know what? We're sick of this shit. We know we can succeed on all of these other platforms. 
we don't have to be shit on anymore. Yeah. Like it's not something that's necessary. And I think it's and also I'm, I'm glad that that's happening. I think it's also easier because we've looked at the numbers. Like we've seen those metrics where people are looking at like where do people play five percent? Yeah, where do people play their games? Shit. And PlayStation is not the big one, so they're like, well, what are we catering to here? I I think it makes sense. You know, like I. I don't have anything against Sony in, in the idea of like me thinking that like, oh, they're a bad company and they do blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't really care that much. But what I think about all of this is that transparency is key. And I think it's super important, especially in this industry. Um, we're, we're hearing, you know, a whole ton of shit about like the Activision Blizzard side of things, which is like super messed up. Like people should look into what's going on there because there's uh, a lot of just really weird stories that are coming out. And I think a lot of where this runs down is like, Transparency is key. Like people need to talk more about these type of things because nothing can change unless we start admitting that there's problems in XYZ industry, no matter what it is. Like those are, you know, uh, very high level problems. And these are problems as well that people are going through. Like we can't change the industry until we talk and say like, this is a problem. How do we fix it? Kind of a thing. And I think that, um, you know, from from this perspective of just like indie developers saying like, well, Xbox is where we want to, you know, Microsoft is where we want to go because they're they're better to us. Like at a certain point, you know, it's it's very much it feeds into uh, regardless of Microsoft being good, like hurrah, like I don't care about that part. But what I do care about is that people like Sony, people like Nintendo, if they want to keep that side of things, they'll say like, okay, we need to change our shit, right? Like we need to make it more accessible. We need to make it better so that other people will come here because, you know, as much as the indie developers need companies that are creating these consoles, the consoles also need them because in times yeah. where there are droughts for their games or their stuff that they don't have that's not selling from a first party perspective, you're going to rely on those third party uh, developers or those indie developers because there's they're what's going to make your console sell if you have more of a say in that world as well yeah yeah absolutely i i don't think i could have said that better so now we're gonna hop off this nori uh, nori <laughs> what, the, what the fuck did i just say <laughs> this news story i guess i just kind of crammed those two together which is speaking of which and hop in to news cramp say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill News Cram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we, the hosts of IndiePod and Indie Games Podcast, cram you full of all sorts of indie games news. This week, we do not actually have any news stories or the new deals and quick steals, but there are always some good shit. There's always some cheap shit for indie games, so just check it out. Put them on your wish list. Pick them up. It's all sorts of good stuff. So instead, we're just going to hop into new stuff. Our first 11 items and new stuff come away of nintendo life where it's reported that both ori and the blind forest and will the wisp will be combined in an upcoming physical collection uh, which will hit store shelves on october 12th for a mere 49.99 it'll also be available through i'm a bit because this is a partnership with them so it's over on their website but supposedly it will be in all sorts of different retailers around the world uh, on october 12th so you could freely just go, you can pick it up at a GameStop or a Walmart, something like that. So 
Great games. Check them out. Great games. Uh, that relaxing RPG, Littlewood by Sean Young, is getting a physical release on the Nintendo Switch through Super Rare Games, with pre-orders going live on August 5th and a limited quantity of 4,000 copies. So if you're a fan of Littlewood and you want to get a physical copy, head over to Super Rare Games' website on October, or not October 5th, August 5th, to pre-order your copy or just purchase it. In the, the article that I saw, they were just like, it's live on the 5th. And I'm like, they generally don't just sell shit. There's a pre-order set. Like there's generally a pre-order session. So I wasn't sure. So maybe it's not pre-orders alive. Maybe it's just live. I don't know. But if you're a fan, head over on August 5th, pick up your freaking copy of Little Wood on the Nintendo Switch physically. It also comes with some cards. That's kind of cool. Cards, uh, The say. party game. Yes, yes. <laughs> physical cards. Uh, that party game Papa's Quiz by Old Apes is now available on the Nintendo Switch. That open world Metroidvania Enter Digiton by Morn Venter, I believe. I don't, I don't know. I probably said that wrong. Uh, is headed to the Nintendo Switch on August 4th. That puzzle game Cosmic Express by Cosmic Engineers Alon Hazelden Benjamin Davis and T.U. is headed to the Nintendo Switch on September 2nd. That puzzle platformer Unbound Worlds Apart by Alien Pixel Studios is headed to the Nintendo Switch on August 3rd. It actually, I think, headed to Steam like earlier in July. Yeah. So check it out either on either platform if you're a fan of puzzle platformers. Looks interesting. I think we actually talked about we it did God a, Bless the Crowd. We like, talked about it on God Bless the Crowd and we did ago. a developer interview with them. That's what I thought. There you go. There mm-hmm. you go. Uh, the puzzle game, A Good Snowman is Hard to Build by Alan Hazelden, like I said before. Uh, and Benjamin Davis is headed to the Nintendo Switch on September 2nd. That platformer, Super Meat Boy by Team Meat, is getting a physical release on the PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch with pre-orders live at the time of this recording on Limited Runs Games' website. They actually have a standard edition a collector's edition and super meat boy forever also has a physical collector's edition that's available for pre-order so if you're just a fan in general of Mm -hmm. meat boy and you want some cool shit head over to limited run games you can get something sweet uh and i mean i believe they're all under a hundred dollars some of them have some really cool physical rewards so just check it out just pick it up if you want uh that puzzle game a monster's expedition by draken and friends is headed to the nintendo switch on august 5th that puzzle game bonfire peaks by Corey martin is headed to the nintendo switch both playstations 4 and 5 and pc via steam on september 30th and lastly that action rpg apple slash by agile agilevic Agilevic, I don't know, is available now on the Nintendo Switch. Now over on Twinfinite, where it's reported that 2D action RPG Crosscode by Radical Fish Games is getting some DLC on consoles. This DLC titled A New Home will be hitting consoles on August 5th and offers 8 to 10 hours of new content, a new dungeon, new boss, and much more. And that action adventure game Baldo the Guardian Owls by Naps Team is headed to all last gen platforms, including PC via Steam on August 27th. So I say that it's headed to all last gen platforms. That's just because in the article, it just said headed to PlayStation and Xbox and the Nintendo Switch. And I was like, what ones? So maybe it's all last and current gen consoles. I don't know. I really don't. You'll just have to look it up. I'm sorry. The struggle. The struggle of being in between 
the generations. That one was annoying. <laughs> and now over on IGN, where it's reported that action adventure game, Cana Bridge of Spirits by Amber Lab has been delayed to September 21st. That's so like a month from when it was supposed to release this month. Mm. And to round out the group, over on GameSpot, it is reported that action RPG Death Trash by Crafting Legends is officially entering, entering Steam Early Access on August 5th. So... We've been blessed with so many amazing indie game news stories that it's time for us to get back to the creators in this next segment. God bless the crowd. This is where the biggest of average Josh boys find something awesome for us to talk about on any sort of crowdfunding site, and we do just so. This week, we are once again headed over to Kickstarter to talk about a game called Spindle, an action adventure about death and a pig. A 2D action adventure for PC, Mac, and Linux where you are the new death and have to figure out why no one is dying anymore and you got a pig included the developers are looking for they're trying to get uh sixty five thousand two hundred sixty eight dollars with 28 days left to go and 514 backers to get in on the ground floor and actually get a copy of the game outside of the early bird which they still have 36 available at the time of this recording, but I can't guarantee that those will be available for even our patrons because maybe this is going to go quick. So to get it on the ground floor and get a guaranteed copy, that is $18, but that does offer you both a digital version of the game, beta access, and you get a Discord roll of backer. Uh, And it is actually kind of cool that not only do they have a demo available, but they also have that demo available in the browser, which I think is pretty cool. So Big Josh Boy. What do you think about Spindle? Well, uh, I think it's super cool that you get a pig. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. yeah uh, it's very much a Zelda game. It's it's a Zelda like where you are an interesting death character. I love the idea of having a scythe as a weapon in any game. I really enjoy it for some reason, so I'm into that. I like the fact that there are some enemies that you can only, like you have to swap as the pig because death can only yeah. affect uh, affect biological creatures. And I was like, that's a nice little like spin on it. Um, but I think, I think this is a game that I would probably enjoy. I don't know that it's one that I personally am like, wow, I have to back this right now. But I feel like those who are really into Zelda likes, there's a lot of like I, the art style in this is super like well done. I really like the the art in this and just the animation and how like fluid a lot of these things are. Um, it feels like a painting in a lot of ways, which I really enjoy. Um, from a story perspective, I don't understand why you're death with a pig. And there, yeah, me neither. There wasn't too. I was wondering about that. There too. wasn't too much of that when you watched the intro video. The guy who originally created the the idea behind this was kind of just like, yeah, it started where I was streaming and made death and a pig, and they were like, that's great. And I'm like, okay, well, cool, but like, why though? Um, which <laughs> fine, whatever. What's the lore reason as to why yeah, this pig like, wants to chill with like the great decayer? Yeah, like I don't get it. A <laughs> little strange, a little strange. Um, but I think it looks good. Uh, I haven't seen too much from a perspective of like, is this really gonna feel well? And I should just play the demo because it's super easy because it's in the browser. I'm just being lazy. Um, but I also don't think this is gonna be one that I'm gonna back right away um but i like the idea behind it i like the the soundtrack i listened to a couple of the the sounds or the like the music in the game i like that they're being super uh transparent with 
where this money is going. They talked about how one of the developers would be still part-time, one would be full-time, one would be like paid well for like the contracting like period of it. Um, so they they go into a lot of the, here's where your money is going, here's when we're really shooting for to get this out the door, uh, which is 2023, so it's a little bit of a ways off. Um, but I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where if you are into these Zelda-like games, if you're into this idea of death and a pig, like this is going to be the game for you. It looks really nice. Like, honestly, I, I definitely don't have anything that's negative really to say about it from a perspective of like the actual game itself. Um, but I also don't think it's going to be for me. Yeah, I I tweeted about this game like last night, I believe, at the time of this recording. I, I found it in like a news article and I was like, oh shit, this game looks cool. I added it to my Steam wishlist, but ultimately, like when it comes down to it, I don't know if I'm going to back it on Steam, but I will. It's it's kind of weird. Like I'm I'm excited about the prospect of playing this in 2023, but I don't necessarily know if I like I guess in a sense, believe in it so much so that I will back it. Maybe I'll check yeah. out the demo yeah. and see what I think, especially because you can just play it in the browser, which I think is fun instead of having to download the demo. Yeah. Which I don't know why that would change anything, but I just think that's nice. I think it's cooler because it's less commitment. You can literally just one click and be yeah. like, oh, here we are. I'm trying it out as opposed to like having to download something, having to go through loops and hoops because sometimes you have to download just a, a straight executable which is annoying sometimes to do that or you have to go through steam and actually download a demo and then it's stuck in your library and it's just annoying that's sitting there and blah, blah blah whereas you could just right now click on it and be like do i like this yes no whatever you got the answer yeah and i i do actually like the the idea of the story where it's like oh death is trying to figure out why no one is dying yeah i think that's yeah. kind of interesting because death's door is a very similar story yeah yeah, yeah where true. it's like no one's dying the cycle of life and death is not reoccurring anymore i thought that was really interesting uh when i saw it and i was like huh okay all right uh, and i just kind of i enjoy that story i like the aesthetic of death with a pig like you said I don't know why that is. Yeah. I'm interested to find out why. But ultimately, I, I think the game looks really fun. I think maybe the reason that I'm not super into backing right now is like I'm all Zelda liked out. I'm like, okay. I mean, yeah, we sense, just played Death's, Death's Door, Door one, which is like, super Zelda like. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to like chill a little bit on that one, but I do think the game looks really, really good. I would 100% recommend if people are fans of Zelda like games, check this out, try out the demo and see if you want to back it. Like I said, there still are a couple of early birds. So maybe when you go and try this out, you want to get that early bird if it's still available. But I think the 18 bucks for what is being shown of this game, it's not like that's not a bad price. Yep. That's actually probably discounted as to what this game is going to come out and actually be. Yeah, it uh, does. When it comes to Steam, it so. does say in the the little like Kickstarter thing that it says twenty five percent off, and yeah, I assume off. I assume that means that it'll be you know the the twenty five or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. When this comes out. And I think it's cool that you also get beta access. That's normally yeah. something you have to pay more yeah. for. Yeah. And that it's just straight up offered. I think that's super super cool. Uh, so far though, the, the one, I guess, major critique 
of this Kickstarter that I have is that it hasn't shown like a large variety of different combat scenarios with the exception yeah. of like the death having to verse some people and the pig having to do other things mm-hmm. is a little bit odd. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I I mean, granted, there's only like, I, I believe they say it's like 20% done. So there's obviously a lot that can be done and then I imagine that they will be doing. So I'm interested to see where this game goes. I think it looks interesting. Yeah, I agree. I uh, uh, Do you have any last things you want to say? No, I think Before we've pretty... Listen to questions. Listen to questions. Um, <laughs> no, I think we've covered it. I think that there's definitely an audience here for this game. And uh, if any of it sounded interesting, go check it out. All right. So it's time to hop in to our audience questions. This week, we have two questions. Technically, like one of them was from this week and Chris's question was from last week. Yeah. But I feel like that is definitely a Josh question. So I did <laughs> not answer it. So instead... Let's see what Phil has to ask. Phil, or AK, the Wombat Imp of Australia, writes in and says, if you were in an hour pizza eating competition, how much pizza do you think you could eat? So, so much. So if you were in this competition, how much do you think you could eat? I think I could eat a lot. I feel do like, you think so? I feel like pizza is one of those those foods that I can just, like, pizza, french fries, um... I feel like pasta, oh, French fries, pasta, I like myself. I feel like, like tater tots. yeah, I feel like there's certain foods where I can just be like, hey, I'll be full and I'll just be like, I could go for like three more plates. Eh, why yeah. not? Like pizza is definitely one of them. I, uh, one of my favorite things to do back before the pandemic, because I feel like all the ones that were around me closed down was go to, um, and it's really shitty. It's a shitty place, but CC's pizza, um, which is, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been once in my life and it's garbage pizza, but there's a lot, but there's a lot. So they have a mac and cheese pizza that I just adore. Um, (laughs) But I go there and I love just gorging on a ton of pizza because it's like, yeah, when you go there, it's not about quality. It's the fact that you could have so much pizza, which is crazy. Yeah, It's quantity. It's a pizza buffet. Yes. Like you go there, you're like, this is going to be shit pizza. Yes. But there's a lot of pizza. Yeah. But I do enjoy that mac and cheese pizza. But I, I'm sure that if I, I mean, given an hour, I mean, obviously there's going to be a point where I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to puke. But I feel like I could at least shove like three full pizzas down in that time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> three like large, like large pizzas. pizzas yeah. Like, I feel like oh, if, shit, if I had an okay. hour, I feel like I could do that. All right. So for me. I'm I'm a guy who like eats till he's slightly uncomfortable, I guess, in a sense. Like <laughs> you have a problem. Yeah, I know, right? I'm a chunky boy for a reason. <laughs> I don't actually think I could eat that much pizza. I gotta be real. Like literally as of the time of recording this, Chase and I went to like basically an all you can eat like pizza buffet, which this is good pizza though, but it's only offered like once a day. Mm. So you gotta get there at the right time. It's a right. lunch buffet of pizza. Oh, of course. Um, of course. granted I had a salad as well, but I could only eat here. like three pieces of pizza. I'm like I can, if it's just pizza, dude, maybe I can eat one full pizza, one large pizza. But I I feel like you also have to take into account that like this is an hour pizza competition. They're giving you shitty pizza. You're guaranteed this is going to be anus pizza. This is going to be like Tostino's microwave pizza. It's just going to be bread with sauce. Yeah, it's going to be dog shit. Do you really think that you could eat that much pizza? I think Knowing I could. that it's ass pizza? I think I could. 
Because I mean, most Here's pizza the buffets like they have shitty pizza, but it's not like it's not like okay, this is world competition level shit pizza. It's just like okay, we got to make something at least that like people would come here willingly, outside of a competitive spirit to eat pizza. So like this is like this is ass pizza. If this I, is like pizza look, that's gonna make you I'll, implode. I'll put it this way: if I went to CC's and had an hour, I could definitely down three of those pizzas. But my point is that like CC's at least has to like they have to make theirs edible, because there would be no other reason okay. to go to CC's. Well, otherwise. I think you're. I, think I you're, feel like this this pizza eating competition. You're there for the competition, not for the pizza. No, no. I feel like you're you're looking into this too hard. All right, because no, because in the hot dog <laughs> eating contest, they don't use just like disgusting hot dogs. They still use whatever name brand one has sponsored them. But I doubt them. they try to make a good hot dog though. That's what I mean. Is like their first yeah, priority but, is look, to make quantity. You have to be okay. Look, here's the thing. It's pizza. It's so hard to... There's definitely a difference. There's a line between good pizza and bad pizza. But bad pizza is still always going to be okay to eat. Like, it's bread and I cheese and sauce, disagree. dude. No, you are so some wrong. some anus pizza, dude. It's like there's some pizza that's just so bad. Like, I refuse to eat. Like those Tony's pizzas, those Tony's microwave pizzas. They're not going to give us microwave pizzas. You want to bet? Right. You know what? I can still would. fucking eat three of them in an hour. Well, God, they're just so disgusting, dude. I I'm not like saying that would I would be enjoy the really it. Big thing for me. It wouldn't be the quantity of pizza eaten. I would take like one bite and be like, this pizza sucks. All right. So like, look, like, here's nah. the thing. Here's the thing. All right. If the competition had good pizza, how much do you think you could eat? If it's good pizza, I guess, yeah, I could probably eat, like, I would say I could probably eat, like, two pizzas, maybe. Two pizzas, but, okay. But, like, I probably couldn't go more than that. All right. But if it was shitty pizza, I would eat, like, a nibble and be like, nah, I'm not that competitive. <laughs> like, I'm good. <laughs> so, Chris writes in and asks, are there any games that are like Binding of Isaac but aren't as disgusting? Big Josh boy. No. Like Binding, but no poopy. No. Nothing. No. <laughs> Nothing out there. Sorry, Chris. Play Binding of Isaac. Sucks to suck. Sucks to suck. Play Binding of Isaac. Nothing else. Um, I'd say I'd say honestly, um, play Undermine. Undermine is a really good game that I think okay. has a lot of the the qualities to it. I think Neon Abyss is another one that we've talked about that has a lot of the same flair as Isaac does. If you want a, a tough game that has so much complexity and depth to it that I still have to play one day and I'm really looking forward to, play Noita, N-O-I-A-T-A. That is a really good looking game. I've watched a couple of streams of a guy who really knows how to play it and it is real confusing. There's a lot that goes into it, but it is a very challenging oh. and fun looking game. Yeah, where every pixel is animated. Yes. Like dude. that shit is weird. And I've had that on my Steam wishlist for a long time. I have too. And there's so much, there's so much content in this game. And I've watched a person who like, they legit, they've done runs and runs and runs and runs. And I'm always so blown away because every time I watch him, I'm always like, I literally have no, like zero clue at what you're doing at any given point. And he's just like really quickly. He's got like all like there's you use like special wands and you can like take mm -hmm. parts of that wand and put it into another one. And he's always like, yeah, I got to move this one here. And he's like, yeah. And now he's got like this Gatling gun of a wand. And I'm like, 
How do you know what you're doing right now? Like, there's so many words on the screen. What are you fucking? And he's just like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what this does. And then he just goes through. And it's one of those things where I probably like, you know, there's probably people who look at me when I play like Isaac and they're like, I have no idea what's happening right now. But it's one of those things where because I'm not part of that world, I'm just like, what is this? But I would recommend it, even though I haven't like picked it up, but I've watched a bunch of it. And I think it's definitely if you have the time to get into it, it's probably a fun game. But also, Chris, no, just play Isaac. Just, come on. Just fucking roll in the poop like us. Come on, baby. Like us, like you, dude. Dude. Don't, even, don't drag dude, me into this. You're going to get into this. Look, <laughs> here's the thing. I keep listening to you talk about all these games where you're like, yeah, it's about the, the you know, playing and getting better. And it's about the consistency and learning the patterns and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bitch, you fucking like roguelites, you dummy. You just don't understand. <laughs> I don't think you realize who you are. You're destined to play these games with me. You're just too fucking stubborn. I yeah, I'm starting to think so. Yes. I, here's the thing. Oh. I feel like I'm I'm I feel like I'm gradually getting up there. Like I I beat a Souls like, and I kind of proved to myself that I'm not the worst at games. And yes. now I'm like 90% through Neo. I beat Hollow Knight. I'm playing this other game, and it's like if I can beat this other game, I'll say it, dude. I'm not bad at games. No, I'm not bad. I can't wait. I have to know what this game is, though. I have to I know. specifically turned off the uh, the option to where you could see my game <laughs> so you couldn't see what I was playing. <laughs> you bitch. Oh yeah, so goodness. I was like, because it'll be fun when I actually okay. am like, I beat this game. So I, I, the only person who knows is Chase because I told him about it and I thought it was very funny because I was like, yeah, I'm going to try to beat this. And he was like, you're not that bad at games. Like, I don't know why you keep playing this up. Like, you're fucking just dog shit. Yeah. And I was like, because you got to set those expectations. You got to have, you got to have an identity, you know? You gotta, yeah, really. I got to get somebody to show up to the stream. And it's just that I'm ass at games. It's true. Because it's true. when they show up and I'm ass at games, they know what they were expecting. Yeah. You know? And you know? then you get those occasional moments and they're like, what? Look at him go. Look yeah, at where him. you're actually kind of cool. Yeah. You're just like, I can't believe I just did that. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, so good. So good. I'm so yeah. proud. So to answer your question, apparently no. Binding of no. Isaac, the only one. Only one? That's it. The one great one. <laughs> All right. That is the end of this episode. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. If you'd like to chat with us outside the show, you could do so in a bunch of different ways. You can hit us up on Twitter at IndiePod. Make sure to follow us there. We're almost at 700 followers. I saw that I today. pretty cool about. I was like, uh, yeah, are we 691? popular? Are we popular? Yeah. 691? No. feeling cool. It's 694. Wasn't it? Is it now? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I gotta. We're, I gotta we're check. moving up. I gotta check. Word, this is this is in depth analysis right now. We're in the <laughs> moment. Six ninety five, mother. God. Whew. We're so close. So close. So close. So close. You. I want to get to a thousand. I don't know why. I've never had a Twitter account. Obviously, because I've got like three hundred followers or something. I've never had one that's gotten to a thousand. Dude, and I feel like that'll just make me complete. You know? I'm I'm personally twenty away from five hundred, and I it blows my mind. Yeah, the other day I looked at it and I was like, wow. I was like, I don't know anyone. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's pretty odd. So be sure to follow us at IndiePod for notifications of when episodes go live for the developer interviews for discussion about indie games or when uh, the new deals and quick steals stuff, we have to pop it on there because it won't be in time for the show like I did this week for the, uh, I believe it was like the National Wildlife sale that's going yeah, on, yeah. on on steam uh which i thought was odd 
because they say it's like for world conservation, mm -hmm. but they don't say that they're giving any portion to any charity or anything. They're just like, that's what the sale is apparently inspired by. And yeah. I was like, I feel like this is misleading. Because 90% of sales that say, like, it's a world conservation sale, you're like, oh, so some pro some amount of this goes to, like, an organ... Nah. Seemingly, no. I don't know. Or at least not front-facing. They don't say anything about it. So just support indie developers and, and get a cool game for a cheap price. It's cool. It's cool. Who cares? Sure. Uh, so... You can follow me, Vaughn, at High Legion. That's H-Y-D-E-L-E-G-I-O-N. You can check out my Twitch streams uh, at twitch.tv slash Legion when I continue my Twitch streaming, which will be at the end of this summer. I'm going to, I think I'm going to continue and just beat Neo real quick and then hop into Bloodborne, but I'm not 100% sure. Maybe I'll do something else. New World coming out at fucking August 31st. I'm looking, I'm really excited, okay? I was telling Chase I wasn't going to get too excited because it's an MMO and it could suck, but I'm getting really excited, so maybe I'll stream some. It you never suck. know. Oh, fuck it. I'll kiss you, big boy. Okay. <laughs> uh, and please, uh, you can check out Josh over on Twitter at the underscore George 90. Please check out all of the amazing developer interviews that he posts please, on Wednesdays. Please They're great. Dude, great. He works hard on them. You know who I got? Oh, you might have, you might already know because you see the schedule. But I got Death Trash, which I was like, yeah. I did think that was pretty cool. Yeah. I I saw that and I was like, no freaking way. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that one's actually coming up uh, at the like end of August, right? Yeah, in two weeks to kind of go with their like early access period, but you know. All how it right. Is. So be excited. I am it's coming up. You Always got too. some cool shit coming up. And you could check out Josh over on Twitch at the underscore Josh uh, when he eventually Twitch streams more. Eh, one day. I don't know when that'll be. I I, <laughs> so I just, uh, this week, I'll be finishing up my contracting job, like the second job. Okay. And so maybe I'll have more time now. I think for the first like week or two after, I'm just going to kind of chill and like try to assess yeah. what my time looks like now that I don't have that anymore. And then maybe I'll get back into it. I don't know. There's a whole thing about like, do I really enjoy streaming or not? We'll see. I might just do like, maybe. I, yeah, maybe like I kind of do, but I also think maybe I'll just be like, let's do indie pod. Let's plays. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. There's also something really nice about not having the immediate feedback about how your dog shit at games. Like there's, that's really nice to yeah. be able to just play a game and die a hundred times and not have somebody be like, just be better. And you're like, yeah, it's impossible. Luckily, luckily, you know, I play uh, a lot of Isaac on stream. So I'm like, I there's characters I'm obviously not proficient at, but I'm good enough where I can play to a per, like a perspective of like, yeah, I'm still better than most. Right. So yeah. it's like eh, I kind of get away with it. But there's been times where like I've streamed a demo of something that was like slightly hard and I failed a couple of times. And I remember even thinking like, fuck, what if I can't do this? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Be like, sorry, the stream crashed. Oh no! <laughs> I did beat it. It took a while, but I was just like, "Whoa, this is gonna, this is gonna suck if I just don't do it." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and once again, just our housekeeping real quick, please check out the Little Night Games LLC developer interview going live on the 4th of August. Once again, that is a Wednesday. That's one day after for patrons, two days before for plebs. Uh, they're talking about their game Mira, The Legend of the Jinns. 
Once again, we covered that one, God Bless the Crowd, I think two weeks ago. So check that one out. Uh, check out the IndiePod store over on Teespring where you can get t-shirts and stickers, soon to be more. Our YouTube channel, which is just IndiePod over on YouTube. Subscribe there for these video episodes, among other things. Leave us reviews on any sort of site in which you could do so. Specifically, iTunes helps us out a bunch. And lastly, thank you so much to all of our amazing patrons. If you give us any amount of money, you're amazing. You're kissable. I love you. But we got to say thank you to the $3 tier and higher, specifically Ethan, a gamer for fun. John, it's just John. Just John. We'll see. Mixamentosis, aka Mix, Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Brunshaw, the one better before Australia, Chris Penwell, Agobia, Josh Nichols, aka Active Josh, and Sam Villian from Canada. Thank you all so much. You're all so amazing. And we will talk to you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 